Hi, I'm Lisa Kiss, and I'm the host of Be Mindful Podcast. I'm also the owner of Be Mindful Studio, where I am an astrologer and mindfulness consultant. This podcast is for the modern woman to feel grounded and learn to live with intention. Here we tap into mindfulness for both life and business. From community-driven leaders, conscious humans, heart-centered entrepreneurs, and beyond, we'll discover all the different ways mindfulness can be applied to you. My podcast is here to inspire and encourage you to be a little more mindful in your day-to-day so you can start living a more purpose-filled, self-aware life you love. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hello everyone, so welcome to the Be Mindful podcast today. Today I'm here with Nicole Katnazi. Um, I'm so excited to have Nicole here. I've known her for, I want to say like two or three years now. Um, we originally connected through yoga. She's been my yoga teacher, um, a wellness mentor, and even coach, and she still is my accountability coach to this day. Um, so yeah, Um do you want to sort of talk about sort of, I guess, how we connected at the yoga studio? You even, I even thought about the other day and uh, you even helped me with my teacher training. I like taught two classes to you. Like I forgot about that. Um, and we did like the Namaste Niagara, like I demoed for you. And I'm like, wow, I've done this so much with, uh, with Nicole. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what? as you were talking, a memory just came up for me. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation and and so a memory that just popped up out of out of nowhere but but it's very alive is actually you were one of the first hamilton based instagram accounts i followed when i moved to hamilton really? 4 years ago yeah and i don't know if you would remember this at all but um i started following you and i think at this this was before you had done a teacher training and I was new to the yoga community in Hamilton. And I remember you posted a, a picture of you in a in a yoga pose. Um, and you were talking about the Yoga with Adrian um, video series. She's yes. a teacher on YouTube. And yes. I had also, I also love Yoga with Adrian. I think she's mm-hmm. great. And I, I think I sent you a message or I commented on your post something that like, oh, I like Yoga with Adrian too. And so that was okay. even before, that was probably like a oh, year wow. before we met in person. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had my, um, account. It was like, I was like a Hamilton blogger, I guess. And I Mm -hmm. talked about like sustainable fashion and then that connected to yoga and everything. Yeah. I remember that post. I did the 30 days. Yes. That's right. Yeah. 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 So funny. And Mm -hmm. here we are now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So after my yoga teacher training, um, I guess like a lot just shifts in your life when you do a big 200 program like that 200 hour program. And I was like, I need a coach. So I looked out, I looked for Nicole and um, she's been my coach since then. And I still talk to her monthly. Um, And I've looked at your chart now. So we're going to talk about Nicole's um, astrology. And um, it's so cool what I've like discovered. So um, you're, I'm going to title this episode, like I, something with the fearless heart, because that's your, um, mm-hmm. your program, your method. And um, you're a Taurus sun. So whenever I talk to you, I feel so grounded because Taurus is an earth sign. So it's always very calming. And even your classes that you would teach with restorative yoga, it was cool. just like so grounding. 
but I was always kind of curious like where the passion for like the fearless heart comes from in a sense with you mm -hmm. um but just by looking at your chart you have a, a stellium in Aries even though you're Taurus because you're like on the cusp kind of like you're like mm -hmm. the first day of Taurus so you have your um Mercury Jupiter and then your north node in there in Aries and Aries is like the fire the first fire sign and they're like leading with your heart speaking from your heart being like the leader is all within Aries so I thought that was really cool that is so cool I've never thought about that I, I don't know too much about astrology in mm -hmm. fact a lot of what I learn is through you and, mm -hmm. and what you share but I thought when you said I want to take a look at your chart I thought oh cool maybe there's something too yeah why why am I in this line of work and that makes a lot of sense so that's neat yeah and then we also have the same moon sign so I thought that was cool we both have a Pisces moon so and then we're both projectors so I'm like no wonder I like talking to Nicole <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so great yeah and then your Mars placement which is like how you take action is in Gemini and it's currently in Gemini like right now Mars is transiting through that so it's a great time to like connect with people and like um, do anything social, like what the Gemini Zodiac stands for. But, um, I also feel like I get along with you because of that too, because I'm a Gemini and I've like, it's mm. like always easy to talk to you about things. So, cause normally I don't get along with Taurus people that well, I don't know why. Okay. So I always wondered why I connected with you so easily. And it's like maybe all the other things in your chart and the similarities with like what we're interested in, but yeah, it was really cool to look at your chart here. Awesome. That's, that's great to hear. And that actually validates a lot of what I hear from, from other clients and students that like, they, they do feel grounded around me. And, mm -hmm. and I, I also like to ground myself. Like I like to have my, you know, hands or my feet in the earth. I like to really mm -hmm. stay low to the ground. Um, and so that's neat. I've never really thought about that in terms of, yeah, astrology and where that all of that fits in. So it's definitely resonating. Yeah. Your son is in the sixth house, um, which is like the house of service. So it's like how you can mm. be of service to others. And I feel like you very much are a great service mm. to others. So yeah, it's like tied to everything that you do. Wow. You're kind of blowing my mind right now. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually like the response I get with people. I, I have to do everything on Zoom, which I wish I could do readings in person, but I just watch the little head bob as like, cause I share the screen and that's usually mm -hmm. what happens with, uh, during readings. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, not a lot of nodding and acknowledgement here with what you're sharing. Yeah. Um, so do you want to sort of talk about your, um, like story of how you got to where you are now with your business? And I have a question as like your fearless heart story, but like, do you want to talk mm -hmm. about that a little bit? Yeah, I'd love to, because the foundation of my work is in helping everyone realize that they each have their own unique fearless heart. And the fearless heart is the part of you that is really expansive and excited and joyful and courageous. And we know that we're living from our fearless heart when, when the things we do feel really aligned, when it comes naturally, when there's a lot of flow and ease. That doesn't mean that we don't experience hard or challenging things. It just means that we know how to navigate them because we're staying true to ourselves. So it's such a big part of my work and, and for me to get to where I am today required that I really evaluate what I was doing in my life and, and start to make choices that felt more true to me. 
Um, and I, I like how you mentioned earlier that for you going through a yoga teacher training program was kind of a pivotal moment in, in seeing things shift in your life and realizing that you can, you can really create a life that you want and you don't have to follow the rules of how things should be or how they've been in the past. You can make those choices and changes um, as often as, and as, as uh, frequently as anyone needs to. But for me, I came into yoga, you know, I really started this journey through a yoga practice, through yoga asana. And it happened because I was in a job, this was around 2014. I was in a job that felt really toxic to me. I really uh, struggled to feel like what I was doing had meaning or purpose. I really felt unfulfilled. I felt like I wasn't contributing. And I thought I was early enough in my career that I really thought, okay, this can't be how it's going to be for the rest of my working life. (laughs) (laughs) I had a lot of skepticism around this. I don't think this is what life is about. I don't Mm. think it's about, you know, climbing a ladder arbitrarily. I don't think it's about grinding and hustling really hard and then you can enjoy your life in retirement. So I really questioned that, but I didn't know what to do with that information. But at, at the time that I came into my yoga practice, it was it was really, I was on the edge of a burnout and a friend so lovingly you know, suggested that I maybe go away for a little while to kind of reconnect with myself, have a break, go on vacation. And she just put it out to me to say, why don't you go to Costa Rica and just spend a week at a yoga retreat? And I had not really done yoga at all at that point. So it felt like a very foreign idea, but for whatever reason, it there's something in me said, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. And I just went home and I Googled it. And within a month I was on a plane and, and it was such a huge shift through yoga to get to know myself on a deeper level, to realize that there was so much more about who I was that I hadn't even known was there because it was covered by an identity that I felt uh, I had to portray or I had to be uh, to fit in or to, to do, you know, I'm, I'm sort of using air quotes to say to do the right thing or, or the things I should be doing. And so that was really the start for me of, of just getting to be curious about what I really wanted, how I was actually feeling and to start to follow my intuition, follow my heart. And that led me into a teacher training program. I started teaching almost immediately while still working full-time. And I did that for a couple of years until my heart said, I think, no, I know, you know, the heart doesn't think the heart knows. And, and my heart said, I know I have to do this as my business. I know I have to share this. I have to put all of my energy and attention into helping other people really connect with their hearts. And the, the fearless heart method was an evolution of a lot of other things that had been happening at the time. I got really into journaling. Coaching was, was something that I had studied again, more for my interest, but then started to work with people through what I had learned in becoming a life coach. And I had a workshop that combined yoga with meditation and expressive writing, like a stream of consciousness journaling practice uh, that was called fearless heart flow. And now it's called free your fearless heart. And it's really through that, that practice or that process that 
I came to realize that the heart, the spiritual heart center is innately fearless. Uh, but we as humans naturally have fear because we also have a mind that likes to think and likes to keep us safe and likes to categorize things and put things in boxes and, and predict the future and learn from the past. And so we do all of that in innocence and thank goodness, because without it, we wouldn't really survive. But I, I had this, this intuition, this hunch that if we could spend a little bit more time and attention on listening to what our hearts want, and then using the power of the mind, the capacity that it holds for, for being able to move us through transformation, that actually we could allow ourselves to be open to more possibility. We could believe in ourselves differently that made us feel like we have everything we need right now to go for what we want. Mm -hmm. And that, that's really the, the premise and the foundation of my work today. Yeah, I remember I took the uh, the class with the the yoga meditation and the journaling. It was great. I still have my notes from it somewhere, like that mm -hmm. I journaled to keep to like look back on. I think that was two years ago. Now I did that class. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy what you can sort of the stream of consciousness consciousness like what comes out when you're not thinking. You're just moving, and then you write. It's it's mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really why why all of these practices weave together so nicely, I think, is because it's it's about getting out of our heads and into our hearts through our bodies, you know, because we really do spend so much time in our minds and and the act of moving intuitively, of reconnecting with your breath, of taking a moment to pause and just be as you are without trying to change it or shape it and allowing whatever is there to come up and out. Um, because if we don't let it out, it just festers and it collects and it accumulates inside of us. And that will eventually show up in other ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned intuitive movement. Do you still do um, the dance stuff? Cause I remember you would sometimes incorporate the dance into things. I do. Yeah. And, and I'm not a dancer, <laughs> but there was something that was another, another heart calling. This was probably a couple, two or two years ago for me, I felt really drawn to contemporary dance and there's a, um, dance school in Hamilton called Eris Corper and they're, they're more like a dance collective, but they offer contemporary dance movement and workshops. And I did a workshop with them that really blew my mind open <laughs> because it, it, there's a freedom to contemporary dance through like improvisational movement and intuitive movement that, that yeah, unleashes a whole other level of being. So um, I, as much as the, the workshop has definite yoga asana component components, there's, there are also opportunities to move freely and that's going to look and feel different to everyone. So that's why just the invitation of saying, you know, if I don't give you a cue for the next three minutes, how do you want to move? How does your body want to go? Um, yeah. What would it do if you let it be? Mm -hmm. I grew up dancing and then like you stop when you're like you turn 18 so when I saw the um that collective I was so interested in it and I almost went to class I don't remember why I didn't go but then they're not like offered in person anymore but mm -hmm. I should I should investigate to see if there's an online one to do because I miss my like the dance so much I feel like it's such a that's what um I guess guided me to yoga because I grew up moving my body and I just needed something to like have that physical movement to like get out of um 
my mind and into my body, which I guess can also connect you to your heart too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that when you first came to Hamilton, so you moved here four years ago now. Um, so I always like to ask people um, how they find support here and why they think the Hamilton community is so amazing because everyone seems to to think so that we have like a great um, just thing going on here. So if you want to like share that. Yeah, I think what I love, so I moved here from Toronto, so the big city, I'm one of those people. (laughs) But I, you know, when I moved here, I was so blown away immediately with how much more I felt like I was part of a community. And I don't know if that has to do with the fact that it's smaller in population or size, or whether it is just a different uh, pace or or a different energy of the, of the city because immediately you know living in Toronto and for a couple of years before we moved here I lived downtown you know you don't really get to know your neighbors you don't run into people on the street you're kind of in your own world it felt like and when I moved here right away you know getting to know my neighbors across the street and on either side of me and you know coming into the yoga community i remember the first one of the first weekends that i moved here was a festival in gage park i think yoga fest and i thought whoa that's that's amazing i can't believe hamilton has a a big enough yoga community to have uh, a yoga festival and it was through that that i um, took a class with helena from in fine feather and you know got hooked into that community and so i really think that there's there's something about Hamilton Hamilton where community is really natural. Like it it was easy for me. It took time, but it felt a lot easier to just reach out to a new person and say, "Hey, I'd love to just catch up with you," or "Let's meet for coffee." You know, whereas in Toronto, I didn't, never really felt like I could do that. But there's, a, to me, a, an openness about Hamilton that I really appreciate and feel really connected to and supported by yeah um yeah I feel that way too just like growing up here it's like there's a natural community I lived in Toronto for a year I didn't necessarily like it it was like too many people like too many things going on too much energy um but I think I remember when you first had classes you had them at your home because you bought Mm -hmm. like an old church or something like that and you, you were like converting it, I guess. Um, do you still plan on um, using it for yoga classes or just making it your home? Yeah, so when we moved here, we, yeah, we bought a church and that was also, of course, an appealing part of Hamilton was we had the means to be able to do that in a city mm-hmm. like Hamilton where prices were a little bit more accessible to us at the time. And it definitely felt like it was part of the vision that I had, which was, ultimately to 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 share yoga and to share what I felt like I could contribute in terms of helping people get to know themselves on a deeper level and the idea of being able to bring people into my space I never imagined it being necessarily a commercial space but just having enough room to host small gatherings um and uh, you know a few occasional classes and so that definitely was what I was able to do for about a year and now that we're in the middle of a pandemic and also going through renovations I think my vision for this space has has definitely changed but in a way that feels 
that I, I almost had to go through that process to see, you know, what would it be like and what would I, what would it feel like to have people come into my home and to share yoga here? And then, you know, I, through that process, I actually really realized that I, I love this studio environment. There is something that's so nice about showing up into a dedicated yoga studio and getting to know different students and teachers in that space. So it was really being able to go to, to In Fine Feather was so wonderful because it gave me that, that comfort of a studio environment. And, and again, getting to know people in the community through, through that studio was so powerful. So yeah, I feel less of a need that, that um, I have to teach here in this space, but of course it's still a nice perk that if ever that need pops up, I do have the space for it. <laughs> yeah. So the last like few questions I have are dedicated to mindfulness because it's the Be Mindful podcast. So um, I ask everyone, what does mindfulness mean to you? Like if you could sum it up in a, a phrase or a sentence. Yeah, to me, mindfulness means presence. And there are so many different ways that one can experience presence. But to be mindful is to be consciously aware of your experience. And so it might be what you're doing. It might be how you're feeling. It might be what you're thinking. Uh, but to just know that in the process of becoming more mindful, it's really about becoming more present with what is in any given moment, you know, where you're at. And to do so in a way that is non-judgmental, which is something I learned from yoga, is to really just approach it with that awareness without trying to make it be anything other than what it is and simply allowing it to be and notice it and to acknowledge it and appreciate it. I think there's um, a level of compassion that's required for ourselves and what we're experiencing when we do become more mindful and we start to notice things about ourselves that perhaps we didn't like or wouldn't wouldn't have necessarily chosen but to recognize that there's always going to be things that feel challenging there's always there's no such thing as perfect and so the more that we can embrace where we are in a moment to moment scenario through mindfulness i think the better we can adapt and grow into and to create what we really want. Yeah. I like how you use the word presence. I, most people just say like awareness, but yeah, presence definitely for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do you explore mindfulness or being present um, in your day-to-day -day life? Like what are some things that you do? My, my cats really help me stay present yeah. when I can find myself in a moment where they are just so content with being, you know, they are just really, if, you know, if anyone who has cats knows how much they love to just sleep and, yeah. and stay, you know, there's nothing, everything is on their terms. It's kind of like, yeah, if I'm going to nap, I'm going to really nap. I'm going to really go for it and commit all into it. So they definitely feel like my teacher's and there's actually a quote from Eckhart Tolle, and I'm probably not going to say it exactly as he said it, but basically, basically the quote says that the greatest Zen master that he ever met was a cat. And I laughed at that, but also felt, wow, that's actually quite true because they really are just content in their own world. 
and yeah that's such a, a nice place to be yeah I've yeah I've grown up with cats so they're great just to like sit there and just like you pet them and they're just very calm right now the cats I have are kind of young so they're a little more like rambunctious with like they're running around I hope you can hear the sound with this but if it if you can it's there um but they need like more attention but they're usually like nice to just when they're when they're all tired out they just sort of sit there and mm-hmm. yeah they have no yeah. problem relaxing <laughs> yeah exactly and then another way that you know mindfulness comes up for me too I, I mentioned this but journaling and stream of consciousness writing just helps to connect me with where I'm at, you know, and there's a practice called the morning pages, which is from uh, Julia Cameron. She wrote the artist's way. It's a fantastic book. It's the book that actually really got me into the practice of, uh, of journaling. And that is a, such a profound and simple way of getting to know ourselves and really what we feel and practicing that non-judgment. So letting whatever needs to come out onto the page come out without trying to censor it or edit it or filter it. It's a way of, yeah, just creating some more space for us to experience and to inquire uh, what's, what's really there. Um, so I really, that, that is a practice that, that I came into and, and had fairly dedicated uh, about a year and a half to and then as with lots of things we kind of go through different ebbs and flows where our energy is but I'm happy that it's kind of come back into my life in the last couple of months where I feel like there there's something that needs to come out and so I'm I don't know what it is but I'm just gonna keep writing until <laughs> until it feels like it's out yeah I started journaling this year like more so and when I started the one day I just I ended up journaling for like an hour straight and I didn't even realize the time it just went mm-hmm. by my mm-hmm. hand hurt from how fast I was writing because my mind moves faster than my hand yeah. and I couldn't even like really read what I wrote but like it just felt so good to release it yes, onto the paper yeah. yeah the release is so powerful mm-hmm. yeah I can be I know you talk a lot on the over is it overthinking or mm-hmm. yeah I'm definitely one of those um but um Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. When I, oh, when I write it out on paper, I always say it can't live in my head anymore. It's like on my, on the paper. So it's like, it, it's out. It, you can't think about it anymore. That's something I try to tell myself. Yeah. And that's really what happens. You know, when, when we are in our heads and we're overthinking or ruminating on some, something, there's no place for it to go. So it's just going to keep cycling. And that's not to say that if you write it out once, it's out of your head forever. But again, mm-hmm. it's about more about creating space, creating distance between what the thoughts are and what you're making them mean about who you are. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what's so key is that, you know, we, we aren't just our thoughts. Yes, we yeah. have them, but they aren't our identity. They aren't who we are at a soul level or our, at a heart level. So mm-hmm. it's just another practice of, of getting to know what's behind what we think is there. Um, because perception is not always reality. (laughs) Okay. So the last, um, question I have is how can everyone find you and maybe work with you? Um, any offerings that you have to share? Yeah. Yeah. So people can find me on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out the most. My handle is at name is dot Nicole. And one of the 
the best ways that people can work with me, well, I shouldn't say best way because everyone has a different style of working, but I work with people one-on-one. So similar to how, you know, we, we started working together. Uh, I, I offer individual coaching sessions and, um, a package actually that's that I call the ambition to action intensive, which is great for someone who wants, who has a lot of ambition, but, and wants to actually channel that into action. Cause sometimes with ambition, we, we stop ourselves by worrying about what could happen or what we should do or shouldn't do. Again, we get caught up in the thoughts in our mind. And so this intensive is really about helping channel that ambition into aligned action that feels, feels really impactful. And that, that gives you the chance to generate some momentum to see like, where can your heart, where can your ambition really take you? And, and in what ways can you reflect or can you express it or share it and put it out into the world? And then the other way that I'm so delighted to work with people is through my Fearless Heart Method program, which is a six week, it's a group coaching program. So it's great uh, for people who like to gather in groups and like to sh- be able to share and learn from each other and support one another. And that program is really about helping you stop overthinking so you can start tapping into your intuition and getting to know your fearless heart. And really that the fearless heart method is the journey to your individual fearless heart. And once you know what that is, once you know what that feels like and what that looks like to you, you can start to live in better alignment with it. And so that's what we do through the program is to get to know who you really are and find ways in which to ways that you can honor that and express that in your daily life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I did the ambition to action program, right? That's what it was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did it at the end of 2020 and it was great. I got so much done on, on that. I had this list to do and it was a great, um, experience yeah I'm uh, I've sort of used the techniques from you to like now I like apply it as I'm trying to get like work through things so I don't have those lists pile up and actually get things done and use all the ambition that I have so yeah exactly because that's definitely what happens is is we can generate all the these ideas and I'm the same where I have a bunch of different notebooks full of ideas and full of lists and to do's and then and and it can be really helpful to have some support to actually turn, get those to-dos now off the page. Once they're out of your head and onto a page, it's then, okay, how do you take them from the page and put them out into the world? Mm-hmm. And, and I know working with you um, through that was so great because I mean, I think you pretty much doubled what you had intended to do in that month. Yeah. I got a lot done. I was, I surprised myself, but once yeah. you, I feel like get in that flow of doing it and then it's what mm-hmm. you want to do. And then it just, you're in your, uh, you, the zone of genius or things mm-hmm. like that. You're in like alignment. I use the word alignment yeah. a lot. So yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happens is when you are connected to, to your why to, to really what lights you up and what makes you feel inspired and excited to share. That's where the magic happens. That's where that flow state will kick in mm-hmm. and you can just kind of, yeah, it, you build on the momentum that you've generated. So it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here, Nicole. Um, I'll link everything um, to find Nicole and all of her wonderful offerings in the show notes. 
um yeah I feel so grounded now after talking to you I'm either gonna like try to meditate or I'll get a bunch of work done that's what I did after our last um call <laughs> I just like went focused and I got so much work done it was crazy amazing yeah. that's so good to hear mm -hmm. and and thank you for sharing the insights from my natal chart because yeah mm -hmm. that's definitely going to be something I'm going to look into more uh it's really cool to hear hear that reflected back to me because it it makes it feel like oh yeah it's not just it's not just something I thought I thought I did or or felt like a fluke. It, there is definitely alignment, like you said. That word yeah. is so powerful. There's definitely a connection with with who we are and how we are made up on this yeah. world. So that's cool. The natal chart stuff can go so deep, but um, mm -hmm. within the I always try to in like the first readings with people not to go too much because I don't want to like overwhelm them with information. But um, yeah, there's so many different aspects of your life you can look at um through the chart it's cool yeah it's great I can't wait to dive in more awesome so thank you for being here and thank you to everyone um for listening I never know how to end podcast episodes off so we'll just end it with a, a thank you and um, gratitude from our fearless hearts <laughs> thank you so much If you love today's episode, don't forget to share it with a friend or on Instagram and tag us at Be Mindful Studio and at Be Mindful Podcast. Also, if you have any questions or feedback or maybe an idea for an episode, don't be afraid to reach out on Instagram and send me a message. I'd love very much to stay in touch with you. Thank you again for your support and I will see you very, very soon in the next episode.